Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christlikeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Yeah, sorry about that. What? The little pause as we started was because <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But as I got the headset on, there's like a weird buzz for like two seconds. Oh, and no. then it went away, so... He kind of put his hands up and I thought, <laughs> we're going to start again. And then he just told me to keep going. So I'm I just like, kept going. Hey, hey, what is wrong with it? So if you hear, if there's weird buzzing in your uh, in your audio that you're listening to wherever you are... Uh, it's us? Sorry. But oh. I don't hear it in the headset anymore. Okay. But, uh, Maybe it's gone. Maybe it's um, gone. But. Today we are in Psalm 52. We've... Uh, Continuing on our way through the Psalms, enjoying every moment. <clears throat> Steve, why don't you go ahead and read Psalm 52? Yeah. It's, I think, nine verses today. <clears throat> it is nine verses. Psalm 52. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, lying more than speaking what is right. Your lo- you love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. Thank you. Yeah, so like most of the times when we're reading through the Psalms, we David talks about destruction. He talks about the evil. He talks about all of those people yeah. that are um, you know, opposite of him, opposite of God. But in this one, very specifically, um, it's speaking about a person. So this is, this is happening. It's written after Saul is after David. David finds refuge in the temple. And one of the mighty men, I don't know how to say his name, Dog, D-O-E-G. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dog tells Saul, and then Saul goes and, and tells Dog to kill the priests, to kill 85 men. So this is specifically a psalm towards a person. Yeah. Which I found interesting. So if you want to read 1 Samuel 22, 18 and, I'm not there yet. Okay, no, 18 there. and 19. But you, I knew you would be done by the time I was finished right, saying yeah, it. I, I, pressure, <laughs> the pressure. The pressure. Uh, 1 Samuel 22. 22, verses 18 and 19. Then the king said to Diog, you turn and strike the priests. And Diog the Edomite turned and struck down the priests and killed on that day 85 persons who wore the linen ephod. Then Nob, the city of priests, he put to the sword, both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey, and Hmm. sheep, he put to the sword. So this is an evil man, but but he also calls him a mighty man. Well, see, but the mighty men were just, uh, you were a mighty man if you were, had these exploits in battle. Yes, yes. So he's, you know, David would have known, because if you keep reading in in 1 Samuel, it does say that David said to the Amiliac, the priest or whatever, I, once I saw Diog the Edomite there, I knew that Saul would find out. So, yeah. you know, like he's aware of him. He knows who he is. Yeah. But we have verse 1 where David says, Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. 
So he's speaking specifically, you're boasting in evil, right? So Deog told Saul about David, and he took joy in the destruction that followed that he was part of, killing those people. And we don't know, later we'll talk about it maybe, that he um, accepted money payment for this information. We know that Saul was very evil and vindictive against David. Yeah. Um, And so he's saying to him, why are you boasting? Like, it's futile. God is bigger. God will endure and this is pointless of you, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 theologian James Boyce. Yes, I do read him. Sometimes boasting is a cover for deep insecurity. <laughs> this wasn't the case no. with Yoke. <laughs> no, that's exactly <laughs> he really right. He thought quite highly of himself. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pride there. But yet David's saying, okay, you're still boasting. You did all this evil, but David believed that God's goodness would prevail. Yeah. So he was going to wait for that. But, you know, it's kind of like the... Yeah. Dude, seriously. Well, and it's like uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna drag Star Wars into this. Oh, are you? Oh, totally. <laughs> because he goes and he murders 85 priests. Mm-hmm. This would be like Anakin Skywalker in the temple with the with the children, the right? The younglings. They're, it's not like they were putting up a fight, right? Like they no, weren't trained the priests, for battle. No, they wouldn't there have were, had. There were um, people who were designated to be defenders, like right. the guards and that kind yeah. of thing, but. If they were wearing the uh, the linens, yes. as it said, right? They they were priests. They they didn't. They would have they wouldn't been have vulnerable. Been, yeah, yeah. No, it'd absolutely. Be like, it'd be like gathering in the world of of militaries today. Right. It would be like gathering all of the chaplains and medics together. You know, under mm-hmm. the Geneva Accord, the people who can't carry weapons, and then killing them. Yeah. No, absolutely. And there was no contest, right? So yeah. um, then he continues to verse two and he says, your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. Mm -hmm. So destruction, killing 85 men, killing the animals, like that's... Wow, 85 men and then then the city of Nob. That's right. So he was deceitful. So he might have been known as a mighty man, but he was not to be trusted. Yeah. Right? So that's what David is saying here. Then in verse 3, he goes on and he says, you love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right. Yeah. So this is a heart condition. He's like revealing his heart condition here. Yeah. Right? And David shows us that the heart is wicked and evil. When the heart is wicked and evil, the deeds follow are wicked and evil. And so this is showing us with Deog. When your heart is evil, your deeds are evil. And we see this very clearly here. Yeah. And when you're lying, right, you, you care for lies and deceit. You don't care what is true. In fact, you want to draw people away from what is true yeah. because you are deceitful. <clears throat> um, verse four, you love all words that devour. Oh, deceitful tongue. So this commentary that I read kind of said that there could have been time between when David was in the temple and saw Deog there Yep. Because, and then from when Doug told Saul, almost as if he knew, so I'm going to use this information in the future when it, oh, like yeah, when it no, benefits me. So that's kind of what we're saying here. But then he goes on in verse five to say, but, but God, I love that. But God, like we know something is going to happen. This is, wait for it, something profound. I love that. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. There's a lot happening in this verse, a lot happening towards Deog, right? So, but God, he's going to break you down forever. He's going to take you and tear you from your tent. He's going to uproot you from the living. Your death, death is what awaits you. 
Totally. And God will destroy him because God destroys the wicked. Right? So now there's two places, Isaiah 53.8 and Ezekiel 32.32, that also reference the land of the living. So we're just going to kind of go over to them and see what they have to say about the land of the living. Okay, so Ezekiel 53.8, by oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people. Right, Isaiah, you mean. Um, Sorry, what did I say? I said Ezekiel. said Ezekiel. Yeah, so the land of the living, taken out of the land of the living, and then now Ezekiel 32.32 also mentioned it. 32.32. Mm-hmm. For I spread terror in the land of the living. He shall be laid to rest among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword. Pharaoh and all his multitude declares the Lord God. Right. And we know what happened to Pharaoh when he was removed from the land of the living. (laughs) Yeah, he's dead. It was like, it was a massacre. They all died. And so we know here that David is saying, but God is going to break you. Yeah. Um, oh, and I yeah. think, too, in this, what is missing? Why is God going to do this? Because the pride, because the lack of repentance, the lack of remorse, there is nothing here. I'm sure that if Diog repented, his ending would have been much different or would be much different. But there is no indication that that is going to happen because he delights in deceitfulness. Yeah. He delights in the lies. He is wicked. Well, that's a running theme in, in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get to see people restored when they repent. Yeah. But when they don't, they live with the reality consequences mm-hmm. of yeah. being unrepentant. Yeah, exactly. And what that means because yeah. God will not turn away. Yeah. It might feel like he does. It might feel like there's lots that he's not seeing or lots that he isn't dealing with, but that is not true. He sees all, and there will come a time when he will deal with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to wait. Yeah. Verse 6, the righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Now, I think this is good for us to read because it shows that when God acts against the wicked, the mm-hmm. righteous will see it. It oh, will yeah. not be hidden. No. Right? And the... In, the, in turn, the righteous will look and they will fear and they will be in reverence of God, in reverence of God in doing, seeing and watching how he is dealing with the wicked. But then David says that they will laugh, not at God, but at the wicked. Like, yeah. you knew this was coming. We told you this was coming. We've been waiting for this, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then verse 7, because it says, saying... See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. So in their laughter, there's purpose, right? Yeah. Um, God didn't allow the wicked refuge because he didn't want it. So it's not that God didn't allow it. God was not welcomed to be a refuge, mm-hmm. right? Because God cannot be in the presence of sin and of wickedness, of evil. Yeah. And that's why he eradicates it. Yeah. Right? It, it kind of alludes here that Diog loved riches. Did he possibly do this for money? Well, he didn't do it for nothing. Yeah. Right? Well, like, there was that, something. That's just, that's just human nature. Money, prestige, hey, honor, like whatever to, it was. I would like you to murder 85 people and an entire, and an entire, entire village. entire town. And priests. Yeah, you think that like would fun. be kind You're of right? off like, limits. At some point, you got to realize you think he was king. doing it for something. Position, power, yeah. wealth, yeah. something. Exactly. But those couldn't save him. Yeah. Right? And... And favor with Saul, maybe he wanted favor with the king at that time, that also can't save him. And we know later on, Saul is removed, and actually God removes his spirit from Saul because his heart is too hardened. 
Yeah. So there's this futileness to it, even though at that moment they're looking at it going, it feels like he won, right? He killed 85 people. He yeah. destroyed a whole town. Saul is still king. Yeah. It feels like, okay, wicked is winning. But David is saying, no. Yeah. Wicked will not win. Yeah. Because then David goes on to say, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. And now I didn't know this, but did you know that olive trees are one of the longest living trees? You probably knew this. I, I did know that. <laughs> but I didn't know that. Maybe I missed it over the years. So David is saying, I am like an olive tree. Yeah. I will that's last. Why that's why it's a really big deal when an olive tree dies. Okay. Stops bearing fruit. Okay. It's cut down. Yeah. Because it's... it's uh, that's why they used it as a, as a measurement <laughs> of wealth. It's not just the oil, oh, okay. but it's the longevity of the tree. The lasting. It's, it lasts. It's hmm. not a, it's not a, 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 a commodity-bearing plant that has to be replanted every year like wheat. Right. 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 It'll that continuous survive the effort. drought and be back next year. It will, mm. like you can count yeah. on it that forever. That makes so much more sense to me. But David is saying, this is what I'm like. I'm long-lasting. Mm-hmm. I'm in the house of God. I trust in God alone in his love yeah. forever, always. Like there's no doubt. This is just, this is who I am. And then he says, I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the godly. I love that. You have done it. Maybe not now, but you will. That belief, that, that complete trust that God will yeah do what he says he's going to do. And David has no doubt. There's just this absolute trust in the Lord. David knows that God will win. David knows that God will deal with the wicked. So he waits and he trusts. Spurgeon says, men must not too much fluster us or our strength is to sit still. Let the mighty ones boast. We will wait on the Lord. And if their haste brings them present honor, our patience will have its turn by and by and bring us the honor which excelleth. So he's mm-hmm. saying like David, just wait. Yeah. Don't focus on man. Don't focus on right now and the instant gratification, but wait on God. Exactly. So before you do that, I was sidetracked. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing over there? Because I didn't want to say it when we were talking about the olive tree, but okay. I, I was confident in it, so I just Googled it really quick. Smart. The oldest living, still-bearing fruit olive tree in the world is estimated to be 3,000 years old. No. In Crete, Greece. And wow. so it's not outside of the realm hmm. of possibility that That's if incredible. there is an old olive tree, if there was, I right, right. don't know if there is, yeah, in the area that, that Jesus was in, you could eat an olive from the same tree that Jesus That's ate That's incredible. The one that's in Crete, you can eat an olive likely, possibly, from right. the same tree that the Apostle Paul ate from. That's incredible. Now that, yeah. Just to put it into perspective. Right, right. Crete, Crete, like if you took that tree and put it in Jerusalem, David could have eaten from that tree. David could have planted that tree. Like it's right. Like we're talking all the of trees live forever. Of the, if the yeah. tree could talk, that would be amazing. Hey, well, thanks there for sharing that. That I love that. Um, so I guess my question today out of this um, chapter is what do you trust in? Do you wait for God? Do you rest in his steadfast love knowing that he will do it? That he will deal with the wicked? He will deal with evil. Mm. Maybe not right away. Maybe he's asking you to wait and just to trust him. And there's things that he's going to teach you through that and reveal to you about yourself and him in that. But my encouragement is stay focused on him. 
Stay focused on his steadfast love because you can trust him and his goodness is for you. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe or leave a like or on our social streams or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. Until next time.